Hello, welcome to a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast. I am one of your hosts, Sergio. Here with me is your other host, Jeff. We are a TMNT podcast. How's it going, Jeff? It's going pretty well, Sergio. How's it going for you? Fan freaking tastic. Um, we're coming coming to you a little early. It hasn't quite been the full two weeks since we uh, recorded last, but uh, a big movie came out since the last time we talked. So I figured let's just knock this out. Yeah. Um, but how how has your week been? It's been pretty good. Um, I'm still kind of on a high from what we watched. Um, and are we, uh, we going to spoil what we, what we watched? It's it's in the name of the of the episode. I mean, you know, we'll get, we'll get to that in a minute. Just y'all y'all hold your horses. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, we're about what uh, maybe two and a half weeks away from the Calbunga collection. So like my excitement's just you know it's it's boiling hot. You're uh you're, yeah you're you're kind of sandwiched right between two big TMNT releases. Yep. It's been a big year. It has. Like, like cons- considering we're kind of in a lull of, of you know, regular TMNT content, this year has, has seen a lot of stuff hit stores. And so far, all of it's been pretty well received. Yeah. But I, I guess let's 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 chop up, ch- you know, ch- chop through these segments. Uh, that way we can get to the nitty gritty. Jeff, what's first? It's time to see what's in Sergio's box. Yes. Jeez, Jeff. <laughs> Pretend like you've been on the show before. Hey, you're the one that told me to mix it up. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sergio's box. So usually I have one or two things. Th- this time it's it's just one, technically two, but they came in the same box, right? That's a two-for-one special. Two-for-one special. And uh, I, I have to personally thank Jeff for this one uh, and also thank one of Jeff's friends. So uh, – as many of you r- remember, for Comic-Con this year, Funko released two special pop figures that were Leonardo and Donatello dressed as Power Rangers, the Black Ranger and Blue Ranger, respectively. And uh, Funko released them to their website, but here in America, they sold out immediately. However, in Europe where apparently pop figures aren't as popular or they just got a bigger shipment. I don't know. They were available in Europe for weeks after they were available here. The thing is, is you couldn't buy them from the European store and ship them directly to the United States. I put a quick, you know, feeler out on my Facebook account saying, hey, do I know anybody who's in Europe and can ship me something? (laughs) It's not drugs. It wasn't drugs. But But I I had to preface it. It's not drugs. I promise. Um, no one answered, but Jeff bootleg, bootleg Cadbury chocolate, like pure cut. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like send me the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jeff swooped in and of course you're, you're friends with all kinds of people all over the planet. Apparently I got friends with Japan, the Netherlands, Europe, uh, South Korea. Oh yeah. That that's the good Korea. Okay. Yes. Yes. Awesome. And and you reached out and he, he, you were like, this guy, Ben, is going to is going to message you on, on Facebook. Uh, he can probably do what you need, you know, need done. And I was like, oh, OK, OK. And 
he messaged me and I told him what I needed to do. So, and, and what I did is I paid Funko, had them ship uh, both of those pop figures to Ben in England. And then he shipped them to me. And I was able to get them for retail part price plus two, sh- two, two shippings. It's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, especially since, like, when I, when I initially bought them, they were going for, like, $75, $80 a piece on eBay. That's bad. Yeah, but that's expected. That's It's exactly what I, I was expecting to have to fight with to get these things. But all I had to do was go to Europe. Yeah. It, it's, it's I don't know why I hadn't had that idea before. But well, I, I do want to thank you for providing the person. And I don't sure. know if he listens to the, to the cast. Ben... Thank you so much. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have gotten those two pops. Yeah, like he's he's come through for me uh, for some stuff over there, like some Tron stuff and uh, some Doctor Who autographs and stuff. So um, it's he's a he's been a a, a really great friend. Um, So we have a lot of mutual interests. He seems like a good dude. He is. And I'm I'm glad that he was able to. uh, to uh, help you out. Yeah. And those, those pop figures are adorable. Oh yeah. They, they definitely look better than the, the lightning. Is it the lightning collection? Yeah. Yeah. They I, definitely I, look better than those. Look, I really wanted to get those, but I'm just like, uh, they're just missing the mark. <laughs> Especially the, the turtles faces. They looked horrible. They could do better. Like what was so funny is when I, when I told my wife, I was like, Hey, check these things out i had a guy from europe send me you know i made it seem like a big deal and she was like uh, okay that sounds about right uh her first question was where are the other two turtles yeah and i was like i know right <laughs> and, and yeah she was she was just as befuddled she was like there, there should be four of them right i'm and, not sure why they didn't i don't know and yeah. like even on the back of the box you know they usually have collect all of them and then it they, they list all the ones that are in the collection and there's only two on the back of the box. So maybe they're waiting to release them. Maybe they're not sure. It seems like a no brainer considering power Rangers and turtles fans will be trying to find them. I mean, you would think, but like it, it depends like for the tick, uh, for the Amazon series that came out, they put out a new pop, like a limited, uh, comic con pop. And usually Arthur is with him because that's, you know, it's like Batman and Robin. You can't have, you know, one without the other. Did you say Batman? <laughs> I don't think that I did. Bat- Batman? Batman and Robin. It's like Irving Spurderman. Um, <laughs> uh, you can't have Batman without Robin, you know, or you, know, you can't have the tick without Arthur. But they never made an Arthur pop. Yeah, and that that's was real weird really sucked hmm. so but that's that's all that's in sergio's box this week uh what's our next segment it's time for the news is it it is time for the news and even though it's only been a week a, you know week and some change uh we actually have a nice chunk of news yeah some of it is not as, you know, not, not as big of a deal as, you know, what news typically would be. But this week, since we're not covering 19 episodes of something, I figured we can have non-news on this list this time. Do you notice that that really happens? 
like when we have a really big fat chalupa sized topic a ton of news comes out and we got to get through all of that just to get to the you know mm-hmm. what we have to get to like now it's like oh it's kind of small oh, okay <laughs> watch it next week we'll get like a just a you know more 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 fat baby beefy news i don't know this this is this is a nice uh, like i don't know i don't i don't think we will i don't think we will see you say that we'll see Dude. what's the, what is the big tent pole news story this week jeff well, we got a release date and title for the upcoming uh, CGI uh, Ninja Turtles movie. And what's that title? Mutant Mayhem. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if I like the name, but I absolutely love the logo they released. Oh, it looks beautiful. It's it is like, so metal, man. So... For those of you who have been keeping up or maybe have not kept up with, you know, what little bit of information that we've gotten about this film, um, some of the concept art leaked, which might not, you know, completely represent the final art, you know, or or designs and stuff. um, They're leaning heavy into the teenage aspect. So the logo looks very much like something that you would doodle on your, you know, your notebook or on the cover of like, you know, a, a slipcase or, or whatever for your, you know, mm-hmm. textbook, you know, um, and I, I dig that. And there's been a lot of like little like notebook things here and there. So that, you know, that's very much playing up that teenage aspect. Yeah. Um, it, um, uh, it looks like a Metallica logo. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's very, very cool. Um, I don't know if that's going to hint at uh, the uh, aesthetic or the like the theme of the movie, but I could totally see like Raphael being a metalhead. Oh yeah. Uh, mm. I okay. Gonna say, I was going to say Mikey, but maybe. Mikey? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. But when when I first read the name Mutant Mayhem, my, like my first thought was haven't they used that name before yeah um and doing a a cursory search technically it's been used before but not offer anything major Uh, apparently there was a like a like a children's book uh released in 2014 named mutant mayhem um and there was also a mega blocks crossover comic Huh. Done by IDW in 2016. It's a comic that I do have. I didn't realize that it was named Mutant Mayhem, but that was the story that was in the book. Yeah. So it, it's it's odd that Turtles movies at this now they they kind of have a reputation for stealing names from themselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I guess it works. It works. Like these these other two things are completely forgettable. It's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I just I I hope they keep that logo, that that hand drawn just aesthetic, which just it looks so nice. Um, I would take a a blue jean jacket with that like embroidered on the back of that thing. Oh, oh dude, that would be epic. I'm I'm sure there's a way that we can make that happen. If not, there's well, gotta be. <laughs> ooh, you heard it here first, folks. We're selling bootleg merchandise. No, we're not. <laughs> 
it would have to be more than fifty nine ninety nine. Ninety nine ninety nine. Ninety nine ninety nine. No, no, I'm sorry. Ninety nine ninety five. Ah, yes, you got to got to. Gotta gotta be cheaper than the the competition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we got a, we have a bit more information about the film um, about who's going to be uh, doing it um, or animating it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Point, of course, it's Point Grey Pictures and Nickelodeon. You know, they announced that they're doing this. Uh, the uh, Animation studio is Mikaros? Makaros? Mikaros. 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 Animation um, uh, to bring this to life. Um, and of course, it's being directed by Jeff Rowe, who did Mitchell's vs. the Machines, and, and uh, co directed by uh, Cover Spirits, who, who worked on Amphibia. So it's going to have kind of like that that aesthetic, and kind of almost I'm I'm thinking like the feel of kind of like maybe Spider Verse a little bit. We could only be so lucky, man. Yeah. <laughs> um. So films that they have done, um, they have done the SpongeBob on the Sponge on the Run, Captain Underpants, which was great. Um. They did. They, they uh, did. Now, now, mind you, they worked on these movies. They didn't do these movies. They yeah. contributed work to them. Yeah, yeah. Star Trek uh, uh, Prodigy and you know stuff like that. So this would be their first like big film that yeah. they're completely doing. So yeah, that, that that has me a little worried because you know you know when I think. The Paw Patrol movie, I don't think, oh, they, those guys should make Ninja Turtles. Yeah. But yeah. that doesn't mean it's going to be bad. It's just right. it's not nearly as as bulletproof as someone like uh, Pixar or who, who's, who does the Minions movies? Illumination? Yeah. Like, th- they've been in the game for a very long time. You know whatever they put out is going to look great. Yeah. Uh, the, the more of worrisome part of this story that, that that you're going over is that they're hiring. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, we don't, we don't get this till, uh, August of next year. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like they should have already done this. Yeah. I will give you that. We're um, a year out. Yeah. Like at this point, all the audio should be recorded, like all of the the um, what's it called the like animatics should be done, all yeah. of the 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 storyboarding should be done. They should be handing this over to Mikaros to be like, here, finish our movie for us. Yeah. And Mikaros is like, okay, cool. Well, I need more people. Yeah. So well, the animation industry is vastly understaffed. I believe at the moment. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, so like when I read this, like this story, because it was published, what, three days ago? Yeah. My my first thought was, oh, well, this movie's going to be delayed. I hope not. I hope not. I'm not, again, I'm not hoping for the worst here, but. We'll see. 
I've, I've, I've read a lot of stories and made a lot of assumptions before. And a lot of the times they come true and I'm like, Ugh, I knew it. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I still, I still trust that the project is going to be good. Yeah. Um, what's next, Jeff? Let's talk about the last Ronin hardcover. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's, I think it's hardcover. It's it, basically it's the collected last Ronin where all five of the books are, you know, uh, released as like a graphic novel. It is currently number 11 on the New York Times bestseller list. Hey, which is real cool. It is real cool. It's like move over, Danielle Steele. <laughs> Uh, it's, it, it's, it's not uncommon for a, you know, a popular graphic novel to show up on the, the New York Times bestseller list. It's real, real weird for a Ninja Turtle title to be on the New York Times bestseller list. So yeah. th- this is, this is a big deal and it's, it warms my heart that that series was so well received. Me too. Uh, I, I don't know if I have anything else to add to that, except it, this is like a victory lap for the last Ronin. Yeah. Uh, there's also a New York Times article out there that talks about the last Ronin in in, in depth. Uh, it's behind a paywall, but if you have a PC, there's plenty of ways to get around paywalls. I'm not going to teach you how to do that here. Just Google it. That's uh, a and podcast for another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, still speaking about uh, the last Ronin, uh, Inverse.com did a really cool oral history of the entire project. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like how it came to be, um, you know, who all is involved, uh, how everyone got involved. They even talk about why, uh, the original artist was removed from the project. Ooh. And it wasn't for anything. It wasn't because they thought his work was bad or, uh, he was, you know, he wasn't meeting deadlines or anything. It's, it was like for personal reasons. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So I it was, it was Andy Coon. That's who it was. Like he was, he was set to do the whole thing and he had to drop out, uh, during, during the pandemic. And, and that kind of sent the, the book into a tailspin as they had to rehire and redraw the story that they had been working on for years. Right. Uh, that they also explain in that article, one thing that I completely, I called I called this for the record. Remember months and months and months ago, probably a year or so ago at this point, I said they're really pushing this as a Eastman and Laird story. Yeah. But Peter Laird has not touched this book since it was originally created as a concept 30 years ago. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Huh. Like they called him and got his opinion on some stuff. They also got his blessing, but he didn't write any of this, 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 this new book. He was just there for the, for the initial conception. And that's why his name is all over it. I mean, I get it. I mean, it, when you get that burnout, man, it's hard to get back into the swing of things. Oh yeah. And, and, and I don't even blame them for not including him because he's not going to, he doesn't want to work on turtles anymore. Yeah. I just don't like that. It was so heavily promoted as, oh, Eastman and Laird back together working on a book. It's like, no, they, they're not, bro. I will give you that. That that is a little, eh. 
Mm, yeah, yeah. And and they were pretty good at keeping it quiet until this oral history came out. And I guess, you know, cat's out of the bag now. Like, there's not much not much they can do or we can do to be like, hey, guys, you tricked us. Yeah. Well, with that being said, you should everyone should still read this book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not a con- con- condemnation of the book at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the the writing team that actually did the you know the the nitty gritty work on it did a fantastic job and d- despite what I thought about the book Kevin Eastman did a lot of the story on the on, on the last Ronin mm-hmm. like I always just kind of assumed that he was there to to guide the project and say yes or no to a lot of stuff but no no like he was in the trenches on the last Ronin hmm. which that that also warms my heart man yeah like he hasn't written a great turtle story in 35 years <laughs> 30 years like it's been a very long time yeah so makes me happy um jeff i i you i let you convince me to put this ben schwartz news in here so i'm gonna let you take it okay so we've got a piece of like semi news um, uh, if any of you are out there, uh, collect autographs, um, Ben Schwartz will be doing, um, Galaxy Con, uh, private signing online, uh, orders are due by August 21st. We'll provide a link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get, and you do have, there, there's two options. Um, they'll run you about 65 bucks, which is not bad. Um, of course that's not including shipping. You've got Sonic photos and then the one with, um, his DuckTales character. If you click on that one, it takes you to, there's at least four rise of TMNT, uh, photos available. Of course, the one, uh, that you can probably see the most is just Leo, uh, the character with just a white background and everything, which looks like it had plenty of room uh, to have uh, an autograph on. The others are over like posters and stuff. Um, so you you know you you have your pick. Um, and it's a uh, you know it's a uh, it's pretty cool. I've I've done some stuff through uh, Galaxy Con and they're they're pretty great. So if you guys want to autograph, uh, now is will be your chance. Yeah, yay. Hey, I'm getting a Sonic autograph. I'm just saying. Does he have anything for like Space Force or uh, Parks and Rec? Yes, he does actually. Okay, all right. So, so at least it's all encompassing of his career. Okay, cool. Yeah, there's one of him doing the double L's on the head. Which <laughs> is pretty great. So yeah, I, I'm just not into s- signatures. Like, oh, I know you're not. And I, I don't know what it is. It just it just seems weird. Like now I like a signature on a thing that you created. Like if 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 you are the person who created and wrote and released a comic book and you are signing the comic book or a book or a book like that stuff, I feel like is a bit more genuine. But just a picture of your face, you know, with a with your name written on it, it it's it almost seems creepy to me. I see. I totally disagree. I'm an autograph hound, so I I, <laughs> I I love that stuff. You you wouldn't believe the autographs I have, people. That's, I've I've seen some of them. He he's got a bunch. Yeah. 
Um, let's see. Um, NECA is going to have a Geek Out event uh, later this year. Was it fall or winter? Mm-hmm. Later this year. Let's just go with later this year. It's uh, at Target's, uh, much like the Holothon that tar- Target had earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And in that Geek Out event, that that is when Toka and Razar uh, and the Usagi figures are all going to be available in Target stores. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, prior to prior to this, Toka and Razar, uh, those were only available on the Holothon website for like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And now these, of course, are the the Toka and Razar from the cartoon, uh, and Usagi was only available via pre-order on the NECA store. Yeah. So this this will be your chance to walk into a store and buy these figures and. As I said on previous po- uh, podcasts, we finally reached a point where you're be like it's easy to find figures in stores again. Yeah, which is is a relief. You know, it's it's nice to know that when I see it, I don't immediately have to spend the money. Yeah, what did you find recently? On at, oh, at at our Walmart, the one that's like five minutes from here, there's currently a Raffin, no, a Casey. And April two pack. There's mm-hmm. a Splinter and Shredder two pack. There's a Shadow Warriors two pack. There, there's an endless number of uh, uh, best action figures. Like the the figure section of Walmart is packed right now, and that that's good to see. That is nice because it's yeah. been like dry bones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'm I'm back on the. Uh, Back on the visit Walmart almost every day train, uh, waiting for those Secret of the Use figures to hit. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Should be there any day. Hmm. Um, I've got some non-news. This is not news. It's more of I stumbled upon something that's just horrific, and I have to tell people about it. Ooh. That sounds bad. Yeah. So, uh, listeners of the podcast may remember... About a year and a half ago, I talked about the the website Roosevelt's.com. Oh yeah, yeah. They released they released a button up shirt that had the original print from the bed sheets of the mid nineties. Yeah, and that was like the coolest thing. I bought it. It looks amazing. I was like, Roosevelt's, that's a cool website. So, you know, I visited it just enough that it got caught in my algorithm. And so, you know, Twitter and Facebook and Google were all like, hey, hey, you want, you want this Roosevelt stuff? Huh? 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 <laughs> and and th- they do keep Ninja Turtle stuff kind of year round. Uh, they, they just have different prints for button up shirts. But... The unholy nightmare that they released recently is a set of polo shirts or polo golf shirts. I think is how they're marketed that are just solid green with the turtles masks and eyes across the belly of them. No, it's not even across the like the chest chest because you can't put it across the chest. That's where the buttons for the polo shirt are. I don't like that. Yeah, they're below the buttons on the polo shirts. 
it's a nightmare. Why couldn't uh, they just make like a tacky Hawaiian shirt? They've done that. Like again. They they no those are still there. Like don't wor- don't worry about that. Those are still there. Like make these polo tees with like a pocket and put that stupid graphic over the pocket. Yeah. Maybe that's better. Or or put a shell on the back of the the polo shirt. Something. Just having the mask over your the the midsection of your torso is terrible. It's really weird. Uh, there's going to be a link in the show notes if you want to go check it, check those out. Do not buy them. I'm, I'm saying this now. I don't want to encourage any companies to do this with those masks. Yeah, don't. So don't buy them. Just visit visit and laugh. It, it's fine. Uh, I think that does it for news. Yeah. Unless you have anything you would like to talk about before we get to the main topic. No, that, that about does it. Okay. Well, it's time for the break. And we're back. Okay, Jeff, are you ready? I'm ready. Um, man, it. I never knew. I never thought this day was gonna come. I didn't either. There, there was a short period of time there that I seriously thought this project was gonna be canceled, and, and Netflix was just gonna be like, eh, "It's fine. I know we spent the money, but we don't really need it." We're talking about the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Uh, Netflix film that was released last Friday, uh, about six days ago. It is a follow-up to the short-lived Nickelodeon show that ran for like one and a half seasons. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very much a follow-up. It, it, it takes place right after the events of the finale. Yeah. And it is a Netflix exclusive. It's a feature-length film. film. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it. What what'd you think of the movie, Jeff? I gave it 10 out of 10 large pizzas. <laughs> Bring in the pizza the pizza system point system back. The, the pizza point system? Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I would say a 10 out of 10. It's phenomenal. It's it's fantastic. It, it uh, I, I, I do have a few complaints here and there. They're minor, but... I feel like it it does as much justice for the the Rise series as that final episode did. Yeah. Uh, and it does it on a bigger platform, which, which is oh. which is which is weird to say because the, the the original finale aired on Nickelodeon, which mm-hmm. you would think is a huge platform, but it really isn't compared to Netflix. Yeah. Uh, the the, the the story of the movie is, is basically the turtles are now being led by Leonardo, and he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, he's always just kind of been a, an arrogant dude who was very selfish, didn't take his brother's opinions or their uh, in, in, into consideration. Like nothing, he he was all about Leo, right? Mm-hmm. And this story is very much a spoilers, by the way. Yeah, we're going to spoil the shell out of this. So, yeah, spoilers. Before yeah. we get into it, <laughs> if you want to go in surprised, stop yeah. the podcast. Stop the podcast, watch it, and then turn the podcast back on. Yes. So, you have been warned. Yes, I, I was real close to just spoiling stuff right there. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, this movie is very much about Leonardo, um, which I which is a, is a really cool way to do it because – 
all the other movies haven't really focused on the character development of a single character. Mm-hmm. They've kind of touched on it, but they've never committed as hard as this movie committed to developing Leonardo's character. Yeah. The the plot is a Casey Casey Jones teleports from the future to present day to warn the turtles about the Krang, a, an alien race that is hell-bent on enslaving the human population on Earth. And he comes back to warn them because they are, there's like a, a pivotal object that if they get their hands on and keep the Krang from getting it, they can stop the invasion from taking place. And of course, you, you get the, you know, the, the kind of tropey, oh man, he's a guy from the future. How do we believe him? You know, he he it, it, he very much arrives kind of like the Terminator. Yeah. Except clothed. Except clothed. The, it is a kid's show. And the, the rest of the movie is basically the turtles trying to deal with, with the Krang, which are – they're quite a formidable foe in this, and we'll get – We'll get into what that means a bit later. And also uh, getting Raphael back because he was kidnapped and, and also Leonardo understanding what it means to lead a group into battle. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very touching. There's there, there's uh, they touch on self-sacrifice and doing things uh, for your brothers and not for yourself. And. I rolled a tear at the end of this movie. Yeah. Uh, let's. What, what do you want to talk about first, Jeff? Um. First off, um, I want to tackle the very beginning of the movie. Oh, the uh, the scene in the future. Yes. Okay. Where you got to look really carefully. At the very beginning, we get a, a scene of a shirtless Todd with two guns. <laughs> yeah going crazy and i can't tell who else is there but I, we know todd is uh he ain't he's taken no prisoners um <laughs> for that split second he was there um how amazing that opening sequence was with we see a very different leonardo he's much much older of course we don't know how far into the future well i'm yeah we do you know, it's like 2044 Okay. Yeah, it was something like that. I'm sure it's on this page here somewhere. But yeah, they they do say how many years it is. Okay. Um so we see, you know, a much older battle-hardened Leonardo. It looks like he's got like a robot arm or something, but uh the most obvious thing is he's bleeding. <laughs> we see blood in a <laughs> In Turtles content, now we've seen some of that in the Batman uh, versus TMNT movie, but not from a turtle. <laughs> I didn't even notice. I did. I'm being honest. Didn't even notice. That's the first thing I noticed. Like, oh, he bleeding. He ain't got time for that. The the one thing that I want to say about the, the, the opening scene in the future is it thematically, it felt like both... Same as it never was, and the last Ronin. 
and almost to me a little bit um, like De- X Men Days of Future Past. Yeah, yeah, definitely because of, you know, of the Krang bots and everything. Yeah, it, it it definitely was pulling from ideas that are you know already out there. Now yeah. that's that, that I'm that, that's not me you know saying it was bad anyway. That seeing an older, more mature Leonardo and a very like a gray-haired Michelangelo. Yeah, it was weird seeing turtles with hair. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah. But Michelangelo being now super mystic can can like float and he has this 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 old uh this old man look to him. Yeah. That was weird. That was that was odd, but I get that they have to go super like, hey, these are different from, you know, the ones that you knew. Yeah. Uh, route. So it was very it, it was incredibly intense. It was. It was. And it was uh, it was short. It was to the point. Uh, basically, Michelangelo has to send Casey back because Casey is, of course, from the future and he's fighting the, you know, for the resistance. Against the Krang and Michelangelo being a mystic master now is able to use those powers to send Casey back. But to do so, it he has to sacrifice himself. So you actually see Michelangelo tearing himself apart. Yeah. To open this portal for Casey to go through, which that was really cool. That was very cool and heartbreaking. Yeah. Um. Because he, he was rolling a tear as he was doing it, because yeah. he knew like this is the end for me. But hopefully Casey can get this done. Yeah, and then as Casey gets thrown uh, to the portal by Leo, Leo gets vaporized. Yep. So that was that was this is this is kind of big for a Turtles movie. Like we haven't seen anything like this. We really haven't in animation form. You know, of course, now we had the first film, we had Raphael beat the crap, and he got the crap beat out of him by the foot and everything. But it's not anything that was, like, on this level. Yeah, yeah. Like, the closest thing we've gotten is, as I said, same as it never was. Yeah. And in in comic form, it would be The Last Ronin. Yeah. But this was a banging way to start this movie out. Oh, Yeah. Because it sets the tone. The, the 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 tone of the movie is a is significantly more serious than the Rise TV show. Uh, don't get us wrong. There's still you know there's still some humor in here, uh, and, and and ample amounts of it. But it the stakes are probably higher than they've ever been. Like the Shredder was nothing compared to what they're about to face. That's true. That's true. And Let's let's talk about the the humor and the seriousness for a minute because humor was very much the backbone of the TV show. Yeah, uh, the action was fantastic, but they never really dealt with anything too serious or too life threatening. There were big battles, but it never was like an existential. Oh, we, this is going to end the you know end our lives right now. Yeah, and. I feel like that is that's the only place this movie stumbles. Mm-hmm. Like out of the box, like out of the out of the gate when they cut to the present day turtles 
and Leo is walking across that bridge with all those pizzas on his head. Like, I've been taught that these turtles are hilarious. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, they weren't hilarious for the first act. Like, there were a few chuckles here and there. But it wasn't back-to-back-to-back jokes. And and I, I don't know if that's just my expectation coming out of the, the TV show, which is an 11-minute short TV show. Yeah. That they, they have to cram all those jokes into those 11 minutes, so it's always rapid fire. But I, I feel like the transition from 11 minutes to an hour and a half just didn't – it wasn't as seamless as I, I, I think they were hoping it would it would feel. I mean, I get it, but for me, I didn't really feel that way. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is very much an opinion, so I'm, yeah. I'm not saying – that I'm right, but that's just how it felt for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with the more serious tone, it took getting used to. It did. It felt very much like, you know, they're, oh, we're, we're, uh, we're growing up a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was like very much like what uh, freshmen, you know, all the early, you know, years of high school, and then, like, would this be the, you know, the senior year? This is absolutely the senior year. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, yeah. And, again, it, it may just have a lot to do with expectations coming off of the TV show. It felt like I was watching a movie made by a team that was not the television show team. Now, it is the television show team. It's the same team. So it's yeah. it, that's not the case. And by the second act, I felt like the movie got its footing and it was much funnier. Uh, it had decided what tonal direction it was going and it was full force heading in that direction. Yeah, uh, I, I just I just feel like that first act that kind of they kind of tripped over itself. Uh, the let's see, Casey comes back from the future, explains everything. Uh, what's going on? April O'Neil is is training to be a or she's she's studying to be a a reporter and she's trying to break a story with like a what is it a pharmaceutical company uh it's actually at uh east was it east uh that's the school she went to east laird university yeah yeah there's something going on in the school was it at the school yeah okay yeah it was at the school and and she stole a whole bunch of vials of something yeah we don't really find out what that is yeah but it comes into play later it does that's and and honestly that's the other thing where i'm just like what okay because like those those little blue vials like she basically used all of them in one scene yeah she doesn't save one for the big final battle to you know hit into krang's head or anything it's She's just like, okay, well, let's let's throw all these in there and run. Yeah. Which did end up saving them. It it, it just seems like a wasted opportunity. Right. Um, the turtles have their first battle with the Krang, and let's talk about the Krang. Okay. These <coughs> these aren't like any Krang we've ever seen before. No. They're not tiny little brains that hide in the torsos of robots. They're they're not the they're not krang the character from the original cartoon this is very much a species of utram looking 
brains that are human sized. I'm I got like a very uh what were the aliens from a Treehouse of Horror from Simpsons like you know <laughs> yeah. yeah but not stupid. No, the and they were vicious, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you combined elements of um I don't want to say John Carpenter's the thing because you know that you you see when they take people over like they're mm-hmm. whatever oozes out of their tentacles uh turns them into crane zombies um not a body snatcher, but you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, um, I'm trying to think of the you know almost like a, a like a like a like a parasite. That that was the word I was going to use to to describe it. Actually, Th- yeah. this isn't the first time that the krang has been referred to as a parasite. Yeah, uh, that that's actually a um, ends up being a plot point in the IDW book. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Um, but the idea that the krang species is a parasite and them being a parasite, you you could infer is why they have to find a new planet. Yeah. Because their parasitic nature has destroyed their 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 homeland. Seeing like seeing that in in a movie in practice was phenomenal. Like the the Krang in this in in this movie are perfect. Yeah. They they, they don't have the Krang speak from the 2012 show. They they don't have really any other characteristics other than being kind of brain shaped. Am I wrong? Well, they're very square. They are, yeah. They, but th- th- that's just to fit them in line with the rest of the, you know, show's yeah. animation style. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're vaguely brain-like. Yeah. Um, and almost like a SpongeBob brain pants. Yeah, yeah. And that's perfectly fine. Like they, th- the way they characterized them was this vicious species coming to, des- you know, destroy life on Earth. Yeah. Or take it over. And that's the idea they pitched. And then when the Krang showed up, they hit it out of the ballpark. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't recognize any of these these voice actors. Jim Peary. Mm-mm. And Tox Alugundui. I'm I'm not familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's who did Krang yeah. 1 and Krang 2. They didn't give them, like, names. Yeah. Uh, but there were three distinct Krangs. In 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 the story. Now, when they initially when the Krangs initially get there, they are not able to get the the item that they need to completely open the portal and you know easily come take over. And the item that they need uh, was forged by four warriors in the past, right? Yeah. Did you notice that it's basically human Ninja Turtles? Yep. Uh, and it was and and. Like always in the Rise Teenage Mutant or the Rise show, Splinter just happens to know exactly what's going on. Of course, he hears the name Krang and he's like, "Oh, locked oh, no. in," and and he's <laughs> able to fill in a lot of the backstory. Uh, otherwise, he did, he did, Splinter doesn't have that big of a role in this movie. Yeah, and that's fine. He doesn't always have to. Right. Um, during their first encounter with the Krang the turtles have to escape they're they're bested uh they they went in gung-ho 
not knowing what to do, and they just got beat. Raphael ended up getting captured because he he, he sacrificed himself to to save Leonardo. Let's talk about Donatello and his uh, what, what were those escape pods? Uh, was it tea pods? Not tea pods. I don't think it was tea pods. Um, yeah, the the uh, there's the the escape pods were called Donny pods. Of course. Yeah, and they're basically just this little thing that you slap on your chest and it creates a pod around you and flies you back to the lair automatically. And Donatello apparently has always had them available. They've just never needed to use them because they never lose. Yeah. Which, that's a good point. They they don't really lose in this series. Uh, and, and and during all that all of that commotion, uh, they are able to get the, the artifact, but Raphael gets kidnapped, and this is where Leonardo really begins his journey. Yeah. Uh, the, the the rest of the movie is is him figuring it out, uh, which I I really did like. I really 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 liked that. I did too. Um, what do you want to talk about next? Say <laughs> when they all came back to the lair. It was a celebration with the banner. You survived. <laughs> Congratulations, you survived. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah, yeah. There, there are definitely some solid laughs in this thing. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of heartfelt moments. Um, yep. Like when uh, Leo was going for the artifact, and he's cornered by all three of the Krang. And he's about to looks like he's about to die, but Raphael gets in the way, and one of the crane tentacles that's like straight on, like morphed, like you know, spike, you know, spear of death, aimed straight at him. It goes through the top of Raphael's shell, and that was a very just like tense moment. Yeah. Um, again, because we've we've not seen you know the certain types of things in these you know animated form, so that was really really cool. Yeah, yeah, like the 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 krang and the way they take over your body was was it was quite disturbing. Like it's very the, disturbing. Seeing the krang tentacles like crawl under Raphael's mask and basically to read the, to read his mind. Yeah, it was so gross. Yeah. Uh, and, and at about the halfway mark, Donatello loses his tech backpack. Yeah. It, it gets destroyed by the Krang, and it's the first time we've really seen Donnie without his tech backpack. And and it's it's not a thing that they really mention anytime during the series, but Donatello is a soft shelled turtle. Yeah. So he has that backpack for protection mm-hmm. and michelangelo points it out so it, it, it's it's great that they finally paid off that yeah you know um also too uh we forgot to mention that in in at the beginning of the fight with the krang um they stole their mystic powers that was the, yes, that is actually what I want to talk about next. Okay. They didn't steal like they kind of closed them off. I really 
Here's a Sergio pet peeve that I don't know if you know about. I really hate the gimmick of superheroes losing their powers. Yeah, I, I for, do hate that too. For no logical reason. Yeah. It happened in Superman 2, it happened in Spider-Man 2, it happened in this movie, and there's like four or five other movies where it happened. Like, it's silly, it's overused, and it doesn't make any sense. I understand why they had to do it here. I mean, yeah, and I understand why they had to do it in Spider-Man 2, but that's they didn't that's have to do it neither here nor there. They didn't have to. It's, it's rarely... They didn't, and they didn't have to do it in this movie. Yeah. I understand why they did, and the the impact that those power you know the lack of having those powers has on the characters it's yeah. to grow them it's 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 for them to get beyond this the crutch that those powers are yeah and also it makes it to where leonardo can't just portal directly to the krang and then portal back like yeah it, yeah still dumb yeah i don't like I don't really care for those, that type of what the MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's so cheap, so yeah. cheap. Or limits on powers that just drives me crazy. But I mean, I get it for storytelling sake, and it in in this regard, it is a part of his hero's journey. Right. It, it, my argument would be write a better hero's journey. Yeah. Like don't don't give them these powers just so you can be like, oh no, you don't have them. What are you gonna do? Yeah. What are we gonna do, Leo? It's fine. <laughs> so, so Leo, still having not learned his uh, his lesson, and and you know learned that he needs to be a leader, again goes in gung ho through the, the the sewers to to save Raphael. At the same time, April and Splinter they're tasked with protecting the artifact. The plan to go through the sewers it does not work. Uh, he no. takes he takes Mikey, Donnie, and, and and Casey, and it doesn't work at all. And it, Casey then reveals, "Hey, y- y- I, what's wrong with you? Like the future I come from, you're amazing. The future I come from, you're the greatest ninja ever. You're basically useless," is what he tells him. Yeah, and that really hits home. For Leonardo, because because Leo's always been so overconfident in this series, mm-hmm. just just unearned confidence across the board. And when Casey shows up and tells him he's the greatest ninja in, ninja in the universe, that only exacerbates the problem. And then to have the exact same person who confirmed that you're awesome say. No, no, I was wrong. Yeah. You know, it's 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 really a gut punch to receive. It's a gut punch. That is really hard to receive after the gut punch of your brother being kidnapped. Yeah. And what really sells it is when Casey said in the future, they're all dead. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you were the greatest, they still died. Yeah. And it really just kind of, you know, kicked his butt in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. And. On the flip side, you have Michelangelo, who has been told that he becomes the greatest mystic warrior of all time. Mm-hmm. And the entire movie, he's holding his hands out trying to do mystic mystic stuff, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, because his powers got taken, but, you know, we'll, we'll get back to that later. <laughs> um, 
there's some there's some awesome action scenes with the turtles. There's awesome action scenes with the April and Casey. No, April and, and Splinter. A, a lot of the neck, a lot of Act Two and beginning of Act Three is just getting back to the Krang and figuring out what to do to defeat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's revealed that Raphael is has basically been taken over by the Krang, and he's he he. he you know what he reminds me of? Mm. That those episodes of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, mm-hmm. when Picard is taken over by the Borg. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I don't remember the names of them, but I vividly remember him being bored for a few episodes. Oh yeah, those were those were those were intense episodes. Yeah, uh, we actually see the military get involved in this in in this, which is that's new. Yeah, usually the humans are just fodder for the background in this show. Um, but what what it comes down to is you know the the big final the big final battle where all the characters are there to, to, to beat the Krang and they have to do the, you know, the, the tropey remember Raphael, who you are, we're your family, Raphael, you know, <laughs> and you know, they, they, they get the, the Krang out of his, out of his body, which I don't even know how you do that considering what he looks like. And a lot of, like a lot of that was paired with Leonardo figuring it out yeah you know he we, we we've seen leonardo and Raphael fight each other for years in nearly every iteration of the ninja turtles and it goes a different way every time usually nothing's really learned for it learned from it or if something is learned from it it's Raphael who learns from it because he's the hothead in in this iteration Leo decides, I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to fight you. You're my brother. I know that this isn't you. The way we have to fix this is not through fighting. Yeah. And that's how he gets to Raphael's heart, mm-hmm. which in this show, he is very much, he's a softy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way, way more than he is in any other ones. And he's, it, I, I would argue he, it doesn't even have, like the anger issues that he's had in other other iterations. Mm-hmm. He's just the brute. Uh, one cool thing about the final uh, battle is the Krang has the shredder armor. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the shredder armor that we've, you know, of course saw in seasons one and two of the series. So that was a nice, nice touch. They, they, they didn't have to do that because that armor has been lost, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what else? What else you got for this for this segment of the movie? That fight was absolutely incredible. It really was. Like it was just super intense. Um, and and the turtles, you know, they they get their powers back. Mm-hmm. All bets are off. Yeah, the the rebirth of the turtles' powers was a visual showcase. Yeah. Anyone who has ever said, well, I don't like the animation in Rise, bite me. Yeah. Yeah. You you heard it. Get, get over yourselves. Give it a chance. It it gets – it's perfect for this show. Yeah. Like in, anyone who says Rise doesn't look good has not watched Rise. That, that oh, yeah. That's just what it comes down to. 
once their mystic powers are back and they start like doing combo moves where Raphael has his big, you know, raft shaped shield and Donatello Giant has his... Ultraman form. Yeah, yeah. It it really it, it it felt like Power Rangers. Or or what what what's that other Voltron? It felt kinda like Voltron. Yeah, except there's no they don't come together to form a giant robot. No, but it, it like he used his his mystic tech is how he called it to make basically a jet that he strapped onto the back of of Raphael's big shield thing. So like they they had combined their powers in a Power Ranger style like mech thing. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool. And like the part of this movie that is so impactful is the end, like the build up to the point that this whole movie is making where Leonardo is one-on-one with the Krang wearing the shredder outfit and he is outnumbered or he's, he is beat. His brothers have been knocked over uh, into New Jersey and Leonardo decides I'm going to sacrifice myself for the greater good of my brothers, my family and the world. And he steps outside of his, the, the character that he's always been on rise like that. That is the whole point that this movie is making. Yeah. And in practice, it's a beautiful scene. It's, it's an emotional it's, scene. It's gut wrenching. Yeah. Yeah. And my thoughts were, oh, my God, are they actually going to kill one of these turtles? I really thought they were. Like, you know how I am about killing characters. Yeah. Like, that is the best way to get my attention. They didn't. But for a for a second, I was like, this is a fantastic way to end this. The, the Rise show with Leo dying. Yeah. Um, it would have been a very Transformers 86 move. Yeah. It, and it, and it would have been a, it would have been like one of those moves that we know we're not getting another movie. We know we're not getting any more episodes. So let's go out on the wildest high you can possibly imagine. Yeah. So like they they did leave themselves open to do more because all turtles are still alive, but yeah. for for a moment there that was that was the point where I rolled a tear. I was like, "This is beautiful." I don't I don't know if we deserve a Rise movie this good. Yeah. Like the fans have been so mean to this, like this iteration specifically. Turtle fandom doesn't deserve this good of a movie. The people who ride for Rise, they ride hard. Oh yeah. It now note people. Rise has been trending on Twitter for a week. Yeah. Various Rise uh, hashtags. Save Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, Hashtag Rise movie, TMNT movie. Yeah. You know, it's not verbatim what it is, but you know what I mean. You get the idea. There's three separate different Rise hashtags that I've seen in a week. And it's yeah. not slowing down. There's even ones that say, hey, Netflix, we need a season three, you know. And that's not going to happen. I'm, I'm going to say this right now. Hey. Netflix never, is not getting a season three. You never know. You never know. If if 
if now in in recent interviews the the two creators ant and whatever the other guy's name is they have come out and said that nickelodeon has always told them if this movie is a huge hit for netflix it could lead to more rise because it really didn't get a fair shake on nickelodeon yeah the Nickelodeon and cable television as a whole is a dying platform. They did not leverage streaming like they should have yeah. when Rise came out. If they decide to make a third season, I guarantee you it's a Paramount Plus joint. Yeah. Uh, and and it makes sense. Like put it on because Paramount owns CBS. They own Viacom. It's that that's all the same company, so it doesn't cost anything to put it over there. Netflix would have to cut a fat check. Yeah. To get the exclusive rights to season three. Yeah. And if Rise is as popular as is if it's popular enough to justify season three, then I can see Paramount saying we're going to use this as a, as a tent pole for our kids programming on Paramount Plus. Yeah. So. It's up to all of you positive listeners out there that enjoy Rise as much as we do to go on Netflix, watch the movie, be positive, tweet about it, tell your friends, go all in, binge watch all of Rise on on Paramount Plus, everything. On Netflix. Do it on Netflix as well. Is it? Okay. No, well, not all of it. Like the first season is on Netflix. Okay. Well, watch, you know, watch them on both platforms. You know, and and if I'm being realistic here, this is probably the last Rise content we're getting. Could be. Like, nothing is signed, nothing is guaranteed, nothing's written. It's all just, maybe. You never know, maybe. The future's not written, Sergio, so it very well could be. You never know. Right, right. And And Paramount has come out and said that they are actively developing multiple Turtles things. Uh, they've even thrown around the name Paramount Plus as being the home of some of those. Yeah. It, who knows? Who knows? But if if this is the last piece of rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles content that we ever get, I'm satisfied. Like, Do you know? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I'm satisfied. They yeah. don't have to make any. They don't have to make any more. It would just be a welcomed addition to what they've already gotten. Because as of right now, none of it's bad. Yeah. There, there, there isn't a crappy season five or there's not, a, you know, a, a crappy half reboot where they're like Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles now in the future. Like it's a it's a pure experience that that really works in with the stories that they told. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say, um, what were your thoughts on Casey? Uh, in this, uh, I, I specifically did want to talk about Casey, uh, and he was voiced by who? Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, mm-hmm. did a really good job. Uh, of course, he's no stranger to voice acting. He did uh, 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 Sora in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, yeah, I have no, com- I have zero complaints about how K- Casey was was portrayed. <laughs> It's a version of Casey we've never seen. Yeah. And it was nice seeing him have actual skills 
Oh, yeah. Because for the most part, he's not trained to do anything. Yeah. But in this, he's been trained by Master Leo, and yeah. he can hold his own. He's not a liability. Yeah. But the most satisfying thing that happened with Casey Jones is in like the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah. When it's revealed that he is Cassandra Jones's son. Yeah. And there because... goes the space time continuum. Because <laughs> like as soon as they announced this movie and they, they name dropped Casey Jones as being in it. My first thought was they already have a Casey Jones. Yeah. Like Cassandra Jones is Casey Jones. And uh, like the, the, the creators were quick to say that was always our plan. Our plan was always for that character to be Cassandra Jones and that to be the Casey of this series. Yeah. So I, I, I was really hoping that they didn't step on their own story and mm -hmm. they didn't. They, they actually put an exclamation point on it by saying that was, you know, future Casey's mom, which. Mm, yeah, kiss. it was a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, th this is this is a dumb complaint, a dumb complaint. That's not a complaint, but I missed Baron Draxum. I did, too. Where's Barry, man? I miss Barry. Like he's he's a good guy now, so it, it, it would make sense for him to be there, right? Yeah. Oh well, I, like I guess you have to, you have to start cutting characters at some point. But we did get Warren Stone. We did for a hot minute. Yeah, and I, every second of screen time with Warren Stone is a good second of screen time. It is, it is. John Michael Higgins is just chef kiss. It's just fantastic. And Hypnopotamus came back too. Yeah, yeah. Hypnopotamus is no, he's no Warren Stone though. No, he's not. But hey, Rise Darby, you know. Yeah, no, no complaints. But he's 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 no yeah. Warren Stone. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? Like, are are there any nuggets that you wanted to point out? Um, I don't really have nuggets. Um, you heard it first, right, right here. Jeff has no nuggets. Hey. <laughs> Speaking of nuggets, a few weeks ago, someone messaged us on uh, Instagram and they were like, "Where? hey, it, it was when we had our break, like, you know, last month. He was like, hey, when are y'all coming back? I, I need some turtles in my, I need some shellheads in my life, man. Where are the nuggets? <laughs> and I was like, I'm so glad that's stuck. <laughs> yeah, me too. We're not going to do a campaign or anything about just like, was it 7-Up? Show us your cans. We're not going to say, don't show us your nuggets, please. <laughs> We don't need that. What what I really, really want is uh, like when the next big movie comes out and they go into full on promotion promotion mode where there's like Ninja Turtles cereal and Ninja Turtles toothbrushes and Ninja Turtles this and Ninja Turtles that. I want there to be Ninja Turtles chicken nuggets. There needs to be. I mean, there's already like there was already what rise like kids frozen meals. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, hey. I'm a Kroger. You need some frozen dinners. <laughs> but you got, you got anything? I really don't have any. Um, there's no, not really. I mean, there wasn't really time for any of that except for Todd showing up at the beginning. Yeah. Like, and and if you look really closely in the future part of the, the movie, uh, you can see some like 
evidence of other characters. Like there's an April O'Neil, there, there's an April O'Neil nod in the future, uh, and a, and a few other things like not necessarily corpses in the background, but but evidence of other characters that existed. Yeah. But other than that, it's it's as you said, there's not much time for Easter eggs. It's this movie is very very to the point. I mean, of course, the most obvious one being um, the name of the school that April's at. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was the biggest one. Just yeah. East Layered University, which and is that great. one was in the trailer. Yeah, would have been oh. cool if they had had Eastman or Layered as teachers. Eh. Eh. No cameos. Oh no! Wait, there is there is a nugget. Okay. Um, at the very end, uh, where they're dealing with the aftermath of uh, of the Krang, they're loading up. Uh, was it Krang? Like Sister Krang, uh, into this like government van. Mm-hmm. And if you look very carefully to the left of that van, the guy that says "No pictures," it looks like Bishop from Two K Three. Yeah, I think he's being being, and I think Sister Krang is being loaded into an EP, an EPF. Yeah. Or the van. So there you go. There's your plot for movie two. Yeah. Um, there, there's also rumor that there's that the creators have a story in not in the can, but they have a story that they're prepared to write. Should they be asked to about the Rat King? Ooh. So that's cool. Knows. What if, what if Baron Draxum becomes the Rat King? I don't know. Ooh, he that becomes would, a bad guy again. Uh, that would be interesting. Barry the Rat King. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's the wait was completely worth it. Oh, it was. And and honestly, I feel like the wait not only was worth it, but I think it was. I think it did. Um. It gave the movie more attention than it would have had had it been released on the heels of this finale. Yeah. Because as as it was originally scheduled, it was like, hey, the the, the show ended in, what, 2020? Mm-hmm. And then the movie would have come out in, like, 2021. Or it was it was supposed to be pretty close to, to the season finale. And it being pushed out so far basically spun up an entire media cycle about why this movie was delayed, what this movie is. Could there be more rise stuff? Why is this on Netflix? Let's talk to the creators. Like there was a lot of news surrounding the release of this movie. And, and part of that news was even like, how did this happen? How, how did we, how did the the show was the show was considered a failure, but somehow we're talking about a new movie on Netflix two years later. Yeah, what's that about? Uh, I I think that's it for what I have to say for it. It's 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 a fantastic film. I've you know I've, I've put my complaints on on record here. They're minor compared to how good the film is. Uh, if it's kind of a given that if you watch the rise show, you're going to watch this. Yeah. I, well, I don't, I don't imagine someone not watching it if they've watched the show. Right. Cause you'll, 
I mean, it could be kind of a standalone. Um, because it could be either or, but you really to get the full effect of everything you need to have watched, or you should at least have watched, you know, all of the first ser- uh, the the of the series. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna disagree with you. You're right. The, the the right way to watch this is after the series, but everybody has Netflix. Not everyone, but the the pool of people that have access to Netflix is so huge, and this movie is so short and digestible that I'm just gonna put this out there. Watch it. If you have yeah. Netflix, watch it. Sit down. Tell them Sergio sent you, because you, you may not like the direction the Turtles went for the surprise reboot, but I guarantee you will have a good time with this film. Yeah, get some pizza. Yeah, watch it. Yeah. Just just shut your trap and watch it. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to go back and watch the, the other episode. I know it's a big commitment to watch seasons of shows. This is like an hour... 15 just watch it yeah just watch it done just just, Just just do it it. do it the rest of the world is not going to get any more rise probably unless there's a miracle incoming but jeff did you know that idw did a short run of rise of the teenage mutant Ninja turtles comic books really yes they did i'm not going to promise that they were great i read them didn't really stick in my memory, but at some point, since Shellheads is just going to run forever, at some point we're going to talk about those. Yeah. So there's something for you to look forward to, Jeff. Okay. This was episode 94, so here's where I ask you, hey, Jeff, do you know what we're talking about next time? Character Spotlight? Yes, we are. Any uh, guesses as to what character? Dude, there's like hundreds of characters and action figures and stuff. There's like, I got no clue. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next time we will be talking about Renette. Oh, yeah. All right. So I, I might send you the uh, all of the episodes that she was in in the, you know the various series. I don't know. I might even send you the books that she was in. I, but we're going to talk about Renette in episode ninety-five, uh, and. Favorite bungling time traveler. (laughs) And I announced this on Instagram, but I don't think I've actually said it on mic yet. But we need some uh, some feedback. We are doing a fan fiction fest for. As episode episode 96. Alternate title feast. Feast. Yeah. One time I had said uh, fan fiction feast. (laughs) <laughs> and he just like just ran with it. I was like, wait, I got this confused. I think I was hungry. <laughs> at the time. Fiction feast four. <laughs> yes. And uh, basically, we just put a put a feeler out there. Said, hey, if, if anyone knows of fan created works that we haven't covered yet, because this will be our fourth time diving into this stuff, mm-hmm. uh, to send them to us. And I've actually gotten a few. Cool. So we gotten I've gotten some cool stuff. Uh, but the inbox is still open. Uh, reach out to us on either Facebook or Instagram. Uh, send send what you got, not necessarily what you've created. If you have created, send it. But if you know of something, 
and there's a way to actually download it and watch it or download it and read it, send it. Yeah. You know, we we, we got to fill up an episode, and right now I, we might have enough. We may not. Send what you got. Yeah. Um. But I guess in, 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 until then, what are you what are you going to be doing, Jeff? As always, Sergio, I'm going to be at the Warp Zone Arcade, uh, Brighton, Mississippi's premier arcade, uh, where we specialize in uh, retro and modern games uh, for people to enjoy. Um, from Neo Geo, Nintendo, Sega, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, we also do uh, weekly Smash Brothers uh, tournaments uh, with the uh, MS Smash Group. Um, so if you guys are big Smash players, uh, come out and compete. Uh, you can, uh, you know, there are prizes. Um, we also do retro restoration on uh, classic uh, cartridge-based uh, systems and games. Uh, making them like new. Um, uh, also, uh, Warp Zone Arcade is on Instagram. Uh, you can look for our Circle Controller logo. Um, probably the biggest giveaway will be seeing Bruce Campbell's face from the Evil Dead game, as that's been one of our popular uh, titles at the arcade. So um, if you want to give us a follow and kind of keep up with what we're doing, um, please do. And if you haven't had a chance to come visit us um, and you are in our area, um, please come out and game with us. We would love to see you. Um, and where can we find you, Sergio? Realitybreached.com or probably the easier way to experience Reality Breached is via a podcast player of your choice. Uh, just search Reality Breached Live. That is our most recent uh, content. And it's it, we release an episode every other week. It's an hour long, easy to digest. It's a nerd podcast because you know the world needs that's what the world needs jeff is yet another nerd podcast yeah that and that should be the name of it yeah (laughs) actually that was already taken i I did look that up (laughs) oh but yeah rebri live is every other week uh we're also on twitch uh and we're on youtube so if you prefer to watch your podcast like a psychopath you can do that that's probably an overstatement not a psychopath but who watches a podcast it's it I, I don't get it. No one wants Live to stream. see my face. No Live one wants stream. to see my face. That's true. <laughs> don't agree so quickly. Zing <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Uh check it out. It's um it's it's going consistently, so it it it'll give you some some more time to listen to some reality breached uh content. Um but that'll do it. Yeah, we oh, will I see you I... next time. Uh, I'm Sergio. Well, Jeff, uh, until next time, I'm Sergio. I'm still Jeff. And save Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. See you yeah. next time. Peace out.
don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast, visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.